0: Chevrolet, Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios, and live at LBSportsNetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace.
1: Hour number two the VGK Insider Show rolling along here on a Wednesday. Chris Chapman, Ryan Wallace, Darren Millard was with us hour number one. He'll be with us again hour, uh, in hour number one tomorrow on the VGK Insider Show. Just a couple of housekeeping uh, Notes here. We will be off on Friday. There'll be a best of VGK Insider show on Friday. A little extended weekend for all of us as we are navigating these waters without the Vegas Golden Knights in the playoffs and trying to make, you know, some time for a little bit of extra stuff on the outside. So uh no VGK Insider show on Friday, but we will be with you tomorrow. Darren Millard will be back with us in our number one. Hoping to get some guests for you as well. We've also got the one-timers coming a little bit later on in our number two, but we're going to start it off as we do every single time. Playoff overreactions, underreactions, no reactions. We have a whole slate of games to choose from from last night. We've also got a couple of games going on right now. And Chris Chapman, I I, I want to start here because I want to spend probably the majority of the time with the Edmonton Oilers. Okay. So the Edmonton Oilers down three to two in the series to the Los Angeles Kings. They lose last night five to four in overtime on home ice in a pivotal game. Number five, Leon Draisaitl was a minus three before he decided to start playing hockey. The Edmonton Oilers gave up 20 shots on goal in the first period for the checks notes, third straight <laughs> game in this series. So Chapman yes. are the Oilers done
0: Woo! what really uh I I kind of feel like it I kind of feel like maybe they are um I did pick them to win the series so I don't want to basically bury them yet but I mean if I don't now when will I right so I mean they're 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 in big trouble I thought for sure when they came back look they were down by two goals twice. On two separate occasions last night, they came back to to send the game to overtime. They scored a shorthanded goal with with McDavid and Drysital playing on the penalty kill. Um, mm-hmm. I thought for sure they got to overtime in Edmonton, two goal deficit. Mm-hmm. They come back, tie it in the third. They had a phenomenal third period. I'm like, all right, they're gonna win this game. The Kings, the Kings have given a, a, a really good fight, and then we get to overtime, and LA just dominated. Like Drew Dowdy said, yeah. dominated the game in overtime. It, it was, yeah. it was pathetic. I think pathetic is the word to use <laughs> to describe <laughs> that overtime by the Edmonton Oilers. I I was I I was in the in the Lotus Studios working an Aviator mm-hmm. baseball game, and I had the game the 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 Oiler game on television in the studio, and I, I I could not believe what I witnessed. I'm like, this there is no way. Not only did they lose the game, but I felt like they didn't even touch the puck in overtime.
1: They didn't. They didn't touch the puck in overtime. They, they weren't
0: ready to play. No. no. And how and, how and, are you not ready to play?
1: I don't know, honestly. I, I, I look at that and I say, you know what? If you're not going to be able to string together at least something to start overtime, then you've got to come up with a, a different configuration. And that's on Jay Woodcroft. It's on the players. Like, to me... I, I I don't understand how Leon Dreisaitl, Connor McDavid, and Evander Kane can be hemmed into their own zone all, all over time long. I just don't get it. Like, we keep hearing about Connor McDavid, and this might be a take. I'm not sure if it is or not. I don't think it is, to be honest with you. My take on this series is simple. I understand McDavid's got points in five games. I get it. I do. Mike Smith has been better than Connor McDavid in this series. Mike Smith has been more of a reason why the Oilers are still playing hockey than Connor McDavid has. And Leon Draisaitl for that matter. Like to me, McDavid and Draisaitl have not been good enough for the Oilers period full stop. And the fact that they were even able to tie that game up is by virtue of Mike Smith making save after save after save after save on a power on, on a Kings power play to set them up to give them a chance to still come back in that game. And then what does he get for his troubles? He gets Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl not willing to play defense not willing to tie guys up blowing the zone before they have p- possession of the puck Evander Kane blowing a tire in the neutral zone because blowing the zone too that was like to me that was funny it, it, when you can highlight Leon Leon Dreisaitl blowing the zone on three straight goals for the LA Kings that's your problem right there you it doesn't take it you don't have to look too deeply into this it isn't goaltending that's the limiting factor right now for the Edmonton Oilers it's their two superstars unwillingness to play 200 feet period full stop that's the problem with the Edmonton Oilers
0: yeah you know it's funny and I know you'll get to the comments made by by Connor McDavid last night I, I know you tweeted it out and some Oiler fans were we not happy with some of it with with your comments but I, I thought it was a bit telling because, as you mentioned, Evander Kane overskates and he blows a tire trying to get back. That was hysterical to watch him eat the ice. Uh, but Duncan mm-hmm. Keith gets abused by Adrian Kempe. But I didn't see Connor McDavid put in, and, and granted, it's maybe he's tired, but. Am I wrong in thinking he could have put a little more effort into trying to get back and and put a stick on that puck when Kempe went around Duncan Keith?
1: Uh, no, I I think that that plays on Duncan Keith more than anything. Like I don't I don't think that it's really on Connor McDavid. The fact of the matter is if you're Duncan Keith, you can't get beat there. You you just can't. And and that to me is more you're betting on a guy that has too much mileage and is not going to be able to make that play even though he was elite at one point that's what you get out of 2022 Duncan Keith like he's gonna get beat in those situations uh he shouldn't be on the ice to start the playoff or to start the overtime period he just shouldn't be
0: yeah I I, I mean the whole thing was just a, an absolute disaster um it, you know it, it's funny because you talked about all the points Conor McDavid has had in the series they got shut out in one of those games so mm-hmm. uh he, he he's done all that in three games but Part of the problem is and I know you're defending Mike Smith a little bit Mike Smith can't go out really? there and score goals in, in in game four. So you can blame you could say well in a game we scored four goals we, we, we probably did enough to win yeah but you scored no goals in the game before. So well
1: just again it, it's starting the game on time it's it's having the detail like it's not there for the Oilers and again you you're gonna give up. 20 shots on goal to the Los Angeles Kings in the first period in three straight games, you're not going to win. You're just not. Like you're. And and listen, I understand McDavid was able to find a way. I, I get that he was really good last night, but it wasn't enough because they don't play 60 minutes. They don't come ready to go for 60 minutes, and that's a problem. That's a problem. That's leadership. And like I wasn't there... With, with McDavid in that you've got to be a better leader. You've got to find a way to inspire your team. Like, I, I wasn't there until right now. I didn't think you had to look look for or ask McDavid to change the way that he plays. And to be honest, like, Connor's getting a lot of the heat right now from me. It's equal McDavid and Dreisaitl. Well, Drysidle was horrendous last night.
0: Those guys deserve to get the heat. You know, you are... You are elite players. You've both won heart trophies. You you are the faces, co faces of that franchise, and you know it, it, it's telling. What what was the stat? Twenty shots they've given up in three of the of the five games in this series in the first period. You're right. Yeah. It, it is about showing up and starting the game on time. You you, you can't go down one nothing or two nothing and think, oh, well, we have these guys. We're going to get right back into the game. It's it's really telling when you talk about their plus minus last night. Yeah. I, I, I I mean, I, I can't I, I cannot fathom how this is happening. I mean, I, I guess maybe the LA Kings are just a better team than the Edmonton Oilers. I I mean, I think is there is there really a different way I, I don't know if I could spin it any other way. I think Phil Dano has been really good in the series for LA. They've gotten timely goals. I think Jonathan Quick has played pretty well. Um mm-hmm. I I I, I, I don't know. I mean I, I I remember me and you were talking a little bit before we actually got to the playoffs and, and I said, Oh, it'd be great if LA won kind of joking around. I didn't actually believe that the Kings were gonna be able to win this series. And and I'll be honest, I think Todd McClellan's doing a really good job. I, I thought the the comments he made following game three were were yeah, they they were pretty funny. Like basically, yeah, everybody sucked. Does anybody have any questions? Like that was pretty much his, his post game presser. I feel like the team has kind of played inspired since that. They, they've been the better team in the series in the two games after Todd McClellan had that, that really funny short post-game speech.
1: Yeah, I think the Kings have been the better team, 100%. I, I don't really feel like it's been particularly close either. One thing that I, I will I will say, and, and this is funny I, – I, The fact that I'm on this program right now defending Mike Smith gives you everything you need to know about whether or not it actually is Mike Smith's fault. Last night's game, expected goals. All situations. The LA Kings, 7.66 expected goals based on the scoring chances that they were generating, where the shots were coming from, and the looks that they had. The Edmonton Oilers, 2.75. So when you want to blame last night's game on Mike Smith you're misguided yeah it wasn't a Mike Smith problem he outplayed Jonathan Quick in that game unfortunately the rest of his team was terrible in front of him and now the Edmonton Oilers are going into a must win game six their season is on the line and they'll be without their best defenseman in Darnell Nurse because he headbutt filled the No in that game last night when you resort to Loser hockey, which is where the Edmonton Oilers were for the majority of that game. Zach Hassian was fined for cross-checking Sean Jer- Sean Dersey. The Oilers lost their composure, and because of it, they will be without their best defenseman in a must-win game on on Thursday night.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, look now now who are you relying on? Cody Cece? <laughs> um, no, you're relying but, on Duncan Keith. Yeah, yeah. Which and and as we saw, Duncan Keith isn't exactly the Duncan Keith of 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 eight nine years ago. Um, I, I I don't, I don't want to say Edmonton's done, but Ryan, I I really kind of feel like there's no coming back for them. I, I, I think the other, the other factor in this, you had your, your captain, your leader, throw his goalie under the bus and his defense under the bus. So what, what kind of disconnect is that going to create in the locker room when you have your captain basically saying our goalie isn't good enough?
1: Well, I, I think that Mike Smith's going to go out there and have himself a hell of a game. And yeah, but he's had to good to games. Connor McDavid. I, well, you have to hope that Connor McDavid and Leon will score. And and the fact of the matter is, you're going to have to get away from Phil Deneau. And, and that's the other point that I want to bring up here when it comes to L.A. And, and Edmonton. Has Phil Deneau been the best player in this series? God, like, he's a pain. Position player? He, he's, I think he's, he has he's been. He's a pain. He,
0: he he is so good at at playoff hockey. hmm I mean, we we I don't think we really appreciated because we we were kind of shocked that Montreal was able to to do what they did against the Golden Knights last year, but mm-hmm. how much of that happens because of Phil Dunlop and now he's doing it again against the elite of the elite, the 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 two two of the probably five most elite players in the league, and Phil Deneau has mm-hmm. been the best player in the series. I, I, I uh, man, he he's. What, what a signing for the LA Kings. I, I mean, I don't know how, how else to say it. I mean, it's one of those signings that when it happened, I think we thought it was good. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yep. good job for the Kings. They signed the good player. Well, I, don't, I don't think we realized just how good Phil Deneau is. And maybe because we didn't get to see him a lot. Mm-hmm. But he, he's been spectacular for the, for the Kings.
1: So let me ask you this question. Who has more goals in this series? Phil Deneau. Or Connor McDavid?
0: Without looking, I'm going to guess McDavid. Only because it's. Connor Mc...
1: McDavid has two goals. Oh, no. Phil Deneau has three. No. Yeah. Oh, Phil my Deneau gosh. has more goals than Connor McDavid. And listen, I get it. McDavid's got seven assists. He's got nine points. I-, I hear you. But McDavid needed to score a goal last night, like another goal. He needed to take the game over in overtime. And instead. Phil Deneau and the LA Kings took it over. They absolutely dominated for a minute and 15 seconds, and right now the Oilers' season is on the brink tomorrow as they take on the LA Kings in Los Angeles. Now, I do want to shift here because I, you know we, we've talked a little bit about Phil Deneau. We've certainly talked about the Edmonton Oilers more than we, we need to. Um, I'm shocked that the Blues have a series lead over the Minnesota Wild in the way, in the fashion that it happened last night. Like, it was blink of an eye, tie game to, oh my goodness, it's insurmountable for the Minnesota Wild. And so the question that I have for Minnesota, you have Cam Talbot sitting on the bench. He's 10 oh, and 3 in his final 16 starts of the season. Mark Andre Fleury has a 3.04 goals against average and a 906 a percentage in this series. Are you really, if you're Dean Evison, going to risk being eliminated, having only played one goalie?
0: I I can't imagine that that's the way it's going to happen. Like I, I I I'm 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 pretty sure. That Cam Talbot has another year left on his deal as well. So I think you're creating a real issue if you're Dean Evison, if you don't play Cam Talbot. Cam Talbot, first of all, had a had a great season. The guy was an all-star. And as you mentioned, the last 16 games for him, 13 0 and 3, I know Flurry was good for them down the stretch, but I was I was a bit surprised that. Dean Everson has not made a change. I would be very surprised if Dean Everson does not make a change. Like, I just, I think you're doing a, a, a real disservice to your team and to your fans if you don't play Cam Talbot tomorrow. I I, I mean, look, as much as I like Marc-Andre Fleury and, and we could say all, how good he's been for, for every team he's played for, I stand by that. I feel like you are doing a disservice to your team and your fans, and you're doing a disservice to Cam Talbot if you don't give him a chance. You're, it's, I, I could not believe that third period last night. Tarasenko with the natural hat trick in the third period. Didn't I think Kaprizov mm-hmm. had two goals in that in in the first period too? Right? I, I'm trying to. I think he had two goals in the game. And I'm thinking, oh, Kaprizov hat trick watch, and then another Russian. Tarasenko ends up with it with the natural hat trick in the third period. St. Louis. Craig Berube wasn't afraid to make the change. And it's been very mm-hmm. beneficial for the St. Louis Blues. They've won the two games Jordan Bennington has started because really, Husso was terrible in the two games they yep. lost. He had to make change. And I'm not saying that marc Andre Flory was terrible, but you've got, you've got to play Cam Talbot. I can't believe that Cam Talbot hasn't played in this series. It's, it's really shocking. So would you be
1: surprised if he doesn't like, I I don't get the sense that he's going to play. Right. Like, and, and the, the fact of the matter is we're now five games into the series. Like if you're the Minnesota wild, you have to score four goals to win. That's, that's what Mark Andre Fleury's given you. And you don't know if three could be your magic number with Cam Talbot. I, to me, I'm with you. I, I think you have to go with Cam Talbot. You've got to give him a chance. You've got to see if there's some magic there. But I think that the, aura of Marc-Andre Fleury, the, the respect that he garners as a future Hall of Famer, is going to win out. And you're going to have Marc-Andre Fleury in net, in Game 6, regardless of it, if that's the the best decision for the hockey club. And I think that's a problem.
0: I mean, Marc-Andre Fleury has allowed 15 goals in this series. Only a couple of other goalies have allowed more. Uh, believe it or not, Vasilevsky has allowed the most. Uh, his mm-hmm. goals against is three point zero four and his safe percentage is .906. Those aren't good numbers. I'm sorry. No. The, in fact, those are numbers that I think if if, if you if it's not Mark Andre Fleury and it's a different goalie, I think Dean Evison would have made the change. But I think because it's Mark Andre Fleury, Dean Evison's not making that change. I I I would be extremely angry if I was a Minnesota Wild fan. And my team loses and after, after I, I would imagine it's probably the most points the Minnesota Wild have ever had in a regular season. You finish second in the division. You have home ice. You lose in seven games last year in, in the first round. And then you, you're thinking, this is finally the year we're going to turn around because next year, that team is in cap hell. They're, they're in a big trouble. Like, they're not going to have the yeah. flexibility to go out and, and do what they want to do to c- stay competitive with the Colorado Avalanche. It would be a real shame for their season to end this way, but I would be pissed if I was a Minnesota Wild fan and and this is the way it goes down. If Marc-Andre Fleury comes out tomorrow and he lays an egg,
1: mm-hmm.
0: yep. uh, you, you have to ask some real real questions of the coaching that Dean Evason's done. And I, I think Dean Evason's a great coach, but... I think you well, really to me, have, it's, to, it's, have to ask questions if that's what happens.
1: It's, it's not some, to me, it's not so much the, the coaching. It's the introduction of Marc-Andre Fleury into the, into the scenario. Right? Like, and, and we, we dealt with this with, with Marc-Andre Fleury and Robin Leonard. And I think that if like you're Bill Guerin, like there's no real reason that you needed to supplement your goaltending. Cam Talbot was an all-star and I, I get it. I do like, you had some rough patches with Cam Talbot, but he showed down the stretch why he was an all-star. Uh, I think that you created a situation where you you can't go away from Marc-Andre Fleury now, and, and I think that might be the undoing of the Minnesota Wild. We'll see how that plays out tomorrow uh, as game six of that series will, will go on Thursday. Um, where are you at with the Toronto Maple Leafs?
0: I think they're going to win the series. Oh yeah! They going to do it tomorrow. They going to close it out tomorrow. I I I think they will. Um, The to go down two goals and be outplayed the Mm -hmm. way they were in that first period at home. I mean, Tampa looked like old Tampa in that first period, and then they were good. they, They 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 tied it up. It was tied at three in the third period, and and unlike in Edmonton, in Toronto, the guy who is the leader the superstar, the elite player, makes a play and scores the go-ahead goal. And the Toronto Maple Leafs don't crumb, crumble. They close it out. I, this is not—you it, 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 know, you asked me yesterday if the Colorado Avalanche feel different. I think the Toronto yeah. Maple Leafs have a different feel to them. They have been—they're they're not winning this series 3-2 by a fluke. They've been the better team mm-hmm. in the series.
1: No, I, I agree with you. I, I think that they have been the better team. It's been a, a really weird helter-skelter type of series, but last night for the Leafs was different in that they were able to come from behind. They were able to weather the storm, and I know it's not ideal to go down 2 nothing, but they clawed back. They were great in the second period, and then they jumped on the, the Lightning in the third period. Two quick goals, you get a lead, and then the lead evaporates. Like, that's the thing to me. The the Leafs were able to battle back. They had all this momentum, everything feeling great, and then silence, right? Ryan McDonough scores, makes it 3-3. Three to three. Everything that you were building toward all of a sudden vanishes, and it's those moments where the Leafs wilter, right? It's those moments where they just cannot deal with it, and yet they did and yet they found a way, and it was Mitch Marner with a beautiful pass off the pad of Andre Vasilevsky. Yeah, you heard me right. He was shooting for a rebound, and so often in this game we see teams not do this. But Mitch Marner had no direct pass over to Austin Matthews. How do I get it to him? I go far side along the ice off of Vasilevsky's pad, and Matthews goes to the front of the net. He was a physical force in the game last night. He was there when it the most. And to me, the Leafs are different this year. They will beat the Tampa Bay Lightning two games in a row. They will win this series in six games. And the Leafs just might go on a run because they are a different team right now. And I don't think it's particularly close from what they were a couple of seasons ago.
0: Yeah. You know, it's crazy because I don't think that Going into the series, I gave them much of a chance because of history. Sure, you you look yeah. at whether it's from the seventies and eighties, or when Felix Potvin was there, or you look at recent history. I I just did not believe in the Toronto Maple Leafs, but I, you know, it, it, it's almost it's almost like the Red Sox. Once they slayed that dragon, they came from three games down oh to beat to beat the Yankees. And it, yeah, right, mm-hmm. and serving it supper. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. But but once they got past the, the the Yankees, you knew that team was winning the World Series. The St. Louis Cardinals had zero chance in that World Series when when the Red Sox came. I'm not going to go as far as saying that the Maple Leafs are going to make a run and win the Stanley Cup, but I don't mm-hmm. think there's a team in the East that is better than them if they're playing as well as they are as they have in this series. They they just look to. They they just have a look and a feel mm-hmm. of a team that's on a mission, and I think if you eliminate the Tampa Bay Lightning, especially if you eliminate them in their building, I think that goes a long way for the confidence. Yeah, and and, 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 and I mean this is this is a team they've got the players they've got, and Jack Campbell's sure. been good. Jack Campbell's been really yep. good for them. So it just feels different. It really does. So you mentioned a team in the East
1: that maybe isn't better than them. I, you know, the the Penguins are up two to nothing right now on the New York Rangers, past the midway point of the second period. The Rangers offensively have done nothing. Um, I think the Rangers are done. Um, I, I don't see this team overcoming this deficit. I, I think if you haven't been able to make Louis Domingue look human at this point. It's just not going to happen for you. Chris Kreider's been kind of invisible for the Rangers. You haven't gotten much out of Artemi Panarin or Mika Zibanejad. It's just everything has dried up for the New York Rangers, and they're not playing particularly well defensively either. So um, the Rangers are, are, are done. So that leaves you with the Pittsburgh Penguins, the Washington Capitals up one nothing on the Florida Panthers at the end of the first period. Um, Florida is just not the dynamic team that they were in the regular season. And whether or not they can kind of, be, or find some comfort in these really tight games remains to be seen. I, I don't think that I'm writing the Florida Panthers out just yet, but uh, I don't think it looks particularly good for them. And and then the other team is the Carolina Hurricanes and the Boston Bruins. The Hurricanes take a 3-2 series lead yesterday. Uh, do I think that series is over? No, I don't. I, I think Carolina-Boston goes 7-7. It's been a home-friendly series. I don't see any reason for that to change. But to me, if the Toronto Maple Leafs can get it done, if they can eliminate the Tampa Bay Lightning, they're the new favorites in the East because you knock off the defending Stanley Cup champions. You are the team that has the most promise and I think the team that should be taken the most serious coming out of that first round.
0: Yeah, I, I, I think that the Rangers are done. Um, you know, I, I guess maybe they did it all year with smoke and mirrors and a guy named Ingor Shostarkin. Um, the, the Carolina Boston series to me is intriguing because you, you, you're right. It has been very home friendly. Can Carolina go up mm-hmm. to Boston and eliminate their nemesis? The team that seems to knock them out of the playoffs every year. The one that really yeah. s- surprises me is Florida. And here's a statistic that I think if I would have told you at the beginning of the playoffs, that this would be the case now in Game 5. The Florida Panthers are 0 for 15 on the power play. They're the only team out of the 16 teams that made the playoffs that has not scored a power play goal. Even Nashville has scored, and their season's over. They're done. They lost in four. Yeah. Even yeah. they found yeah. a way to score a power play goal. It's not looking good for Florida. If you would have told me a week and a half ago that we'd be staring down both teams in the state of Florida being eliminated in the first round I would have said there is zero chance of that happening I guess it's a good thing I don't, I don't gamble because I would be terrible because I I think I got both of those series absolutely wrong I think the Capitals are going to win that series they just again they just look like the better team Florida was lucky to win the yeah. other night They should yeah. be down not 3-1 wrong, and,
1: and that's and that's an indictment on the Florida Panthers because the Washington Capitals are not a team that is is the defensive wizards that you would expect to be able to kind of play chess with a Florida Panthers team that scores a lot of goals. So I, to me, um, the Panthers got to find a way. They they have to, and and if they can't, then they're they're kind of in that in that period where you start you're at you're asking all those questions. Can this team? Get out of the first round. Is something broken? Do do they need to look at a, a different type or a, a different way of playing hockey? And that's dangerous for fans of this game that like to see goals because um, if they don't win, it, it reinforces the idea that you can't win with goal scoring. You have to win with defense first. And you know to a point, Even though there have been some high-scoring games in these playoffs, the teams that have been more structured, look at the LA Kings versus the Edmonton Oilers, that structure is winning out more often than not. That's going to conclude the playoff overreactions. We're going to get into one-timers next on the VGK Insider Show right here on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Maybe a two-on-one. Petrangelo gets it. He shoots.
0: He scores. It's time for one-timers. One-timers. Shorthanded goal. Alex Petrangelo. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day on the VGK Insider Show.
1: One-timers brought to you by Paul Powell. More lawyers, less fee. Our look around the NHL. News and notes. And we'll start off with this. Just a little bit of breaking news. City uh, Crosby... Left the bench, left the ice for the Pittsburgh Penguins midway through the second period. The Penguins were up 2 to nothing at that time. Uh, it's reported that he caught a high hit, so keep an eye on that situation when it comes to Sidney Crosby. But the New York Rangers are now on the board. They have cut the Penguins' lead to 2-1. to one. Adam Fox with his third goal of the series. And don't look now... But the Rangers have tied the game. It is now 2-2 in New York. Lafreniere. Alexi Lafreniere, who's had a phenomenal series for the Rangers. Maybe one of the players that has shown up for the Rangers. Uh, Alexi Lafreniere has just tied the game for the New York Rangers. It's 2-2. Sidney Crosby not on the bench for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Gives you an idea of just how dominant Sidney Crosby has been so far in this series. Turning our attention... Two awards. Calder Trophy finalists have been announced Trevor Zegris, Moritz Sider, Michael Bunting. Those are the three. Hey, Chapman, who do you got?
0: Well, my heart wants me. I, I, I want to see Zegris win it because I feel like he's the most fun. Okay. But when I look at the numbers and I, and I look at the impact, I think it's Moritz Sider. He had 50 uh-huh. points as a defenseman, and uh-huh. it's top yep. 20. For his position, which I think is very impressive for a rookie, especially considering he doesn't play on a good team. Michael Bunting, it's it's funny, right? Because he's basically the same age as Nathan McKinnon. And then <laughs> and, and then um Zegers. I, I I love Trevor zegris I love what he's what he's done to the game. I like the fun, the excitement. And you know what, I would like mm-hmm. to see a, a little West Coast love. Maybe a little biased yep. toward, towards guys who play on the West Coast, but it's more insider. He's going to win it.
1: Uh, I don't disagree with you. You're talking about a defenseman that scored 50 points and he's playing on the Detroit Red Wings. Like, the fact that he's in single digits minus is actually a plus. Yeah. Yeah. on the Detroit Red Wings, right? Like like if we're if we're being honest. And as far as Michael Bunting goes, like if you want to complain about the age limit, that's fine. But No no, like, no I'm I'm not. I just think can't, it's funny. You, no 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 not not you. I'm just saying in general, like if you want to complain about the age limit, like that's fine. But change the rule then, right? Like Michael Bunting is by definition, by the rule, considered a rookie. It just is what it is. Yeah, I, I think update. he played
0: 20 games for the Coyotes, and uh, then he was what traded to to the Leafs in the in the. Uh, oh boy, never mind. Rangers just scored, yep. huh?
1: <laughs> yep, But uh, Louis Doming has allowed three goals in what appears to be the last four and a half five minutes, and it looks like it the was game Truba. It is now three, three to two New York. Jacob Trouba getting the lead for the rangers so maybe we were wrong well maybe shoot. the rangers are not out not out of it just yet
0: I, I i believe it was truba who delivered the hit to crosby and now he gets on the board yep. with a goal so uh jacob truba making things happen for the rangers
1: fascinating it's fascinating the, the, the turn so, of
0: events is 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 really unbelievable it's a nice goal too
1: well igor shesterkin's doing
0: to kind of give this game
1: away oh. as now the penguins have tied the game jake Gensel again seven goals in my series. goodness this 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 game has turned into a really fun one as as you can tell we have this on Um uh, igor shesterkin make makes a play on the puck it's a terrible play yeah uh puts his defenseman in a bad spot and then the, the penguins swarm and who else but jake Gensel finds a way to put the puck in the back of the net so three to three Penguins and Rangers with the second period winding down. Uh, that's been fun. Like This is some of the most fun hockey in this series that we've seen over the last couple of games. But yeah, I'm with you. It's Moritz Sider for me. Like He's far and away the, the, the rookie of the year in the NHL this year. Now, I, I do want to touch on Connor McDavid, and I know we talked about the Oilers quite a bit here in hour number two, but the commentary from McDavid after the game last night was... Disappointing is the way that I would put it. McDavid said, quote, We scored four tonight. That needs to be enough to win a playoff game. Obviously it's not. We got to keep the puck out of our net. End quote. Uh, Even if it's not a direct shot at Mike Smith, if I'm Mike Smith and I hear that commentary, I'm livid. I'm pissed. Because I upheld my end of the bargain. I made saves when I needed to. My team didn't show up for the first 35, 40 minutes of that game. I don't care if this is where Connor McDavid feels like he needs to make a stand and talk about how they need better goaltending or they need to save here or there. They needed to be better everywhere. It's disappointing to me to have the captain come out and say, Four goals should be enough because you can only pin that on your goaltender when you make that commentary.
0: Yeah, I don't like it because it it doesn't sound like something a leader in the locker room would say. Like a leader in the locker room is saying, you know what? I need to be better. I need to step up my game. I need to not be minus on the night. I need to not be on the ice when the other team is scoring goals. I, I need to make sure the other team isn't scoring goals when I'm on the ice is what I meant to say. Like, I want my leader... Leading, I don't want my leader throwing guys and and teammates under the bus because that that's not why you wear that C on your chest. You're supposed to wear that C because you're the guy who's above all that, and it, it's disappointing. And I understand there's a lot of frustration. Another, it, it appears that we're staring at another disappointing playoff performance by the Edmonton Oilers. I, it's just not, it's just not a good look. It's not a good look at all.
1: No, it's not. And to be honest, it it feels fractured, right? Like I and I, I think that it's maybe more just blowing off steam, frustration, but if you wear the C you have to you have to come up with something better than that. You have to build your guys up and get them focused on the next game. You can't sit there and say, Well, we scored four. The offensive guys, we found a way to generate what we needed to. You know what? You had to score four. Just to get it to overtime because he didn't play defense in the first 40 minutes of the game. That's the quote. We let our goaltender down. Should have been the quote coming out of Connor McDavid. Not four should have been enough to win because it shouldn't. It wouldn't have been enough to win because he needed four just to tie the game. That didn't even make any sense. What Connor (laughs) McDavid was saying.
0: Yeah, it's and I don't know. Has he watched any of the playoffs? Because it doesn't seem like four goals are enough to win any of these games the last couple nights. No. By the way, no, exactly. Washington just scored again. Yeah. Ovechkin.
1: Oh boy! So two 0 Washington over the Florida Panthers in the second period. Uh, the Penguins and the Rangers three to three at the end of the second period, going into the third period. And then let's let's revisit Philip Forsberg here for just a minute. Um, Forsberg said after the game last uh, on Monday that uh, the goal is still to come back to Nashville.
0: Do you think it gets done? I'm not sure, Ryan. I mean, the the way he, he skated off after that game the other night against Colorado where their season ended, it, it almost seemed like a goodbye. Thanks for the memories. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, he's going to command a lot of money in the offseason. Uh, Nashville, I'm not quite sure where they're at cap-wise. I'm, I'm actually pulling it up right now as we... We speak. They've
1: got a lot of money.
0: Okay. They, so they, they
1: can they can pay Phil Forsberg. So they it's, can make it happen. It's not a question of but it's a, not a question of can they make it happen. It's do
0: they want to. Well and if I'm Phil Forsberg, do I the, the question I have is how much do I really want to win? Because I look at that Nashville roster and I don't really feel like that's a team that's gonna get back to the Stanley Cup final. I just don't. So how much does he want to win? And can he go someplace that could pay him enough money to make him happy as Washington scores again? Can they go someplace that makes him happy and he can be a contender? Because I, I, I just don't know if if the, the, the Predators are, are a legit threat to not only make a, make a Stanley Cup, but they were barely a playoff team this year. I don't see how they're not in the same situation next year where they're fighting for their mm-hmm. to, to get into the playoffs. If I'm Phil Forsberg, I want to win. And I'm going to look around and see where I can go, where I can win, because I don't think Nashville's that place.
1: I think winning is important, but I think cashing in when you can is important too. And Phil Forsberg's coming off of an 84-point performance, 42 goals, 42 assists uh, in just under 70 games. To me, cash in. And like, it's not about discounts, it's not about uh, you know, trying to stick with a, a group of players because you want to. Like, You have an opportunity on the open market to get market value and go somewhere um, where you might have a better chance or a more streamlined chance to win. If I'm Phil Forsberg, I test the open market. I, I just do.
0: Yeah, because there are some teams that, that have a lot of cap space. I mean, I'm looking at the Anaheim Ducks. I know you uh-huh. mentioned the LA Kings, but the Ducks have a ton yep. of cap space. And they're, they're an up-and-coming team. Yeah, the Ducks aren't,
1: aren't ready. They're not, they're not, yeah, but they're not there yet. Like, I, I think the Ducks are, are maybe a, a, a two years away from being a, a team that needs to go in on a Phil Forsberg. Now, does that mean... That they can't do it? No. I mean, the the New York Rangers went out and got Artemi Panarin, even though they were two or three years away from being a playoff team. So the precedent is there if you want to do it. The question becomes, is that what Phil wants to do? Because if you're looking at trying to win, I don't know that the Anaheim Ducks is the destination you want to go to.
0: Yeah, unfortunately, a lot of the teams that have a lot of cap space are not teams that will be competing for a Stanley Cup in the next year or two. Yep funny how that works
1: that's it for that's it today for the one-timers wednesday may 11th brought to you by paul powell more lawyers less fee wrapping it up with catching up with chapman next on fox sports
0: when the guy wouldn't stop talking we had no choice but to give him his own segment it's time for catching up with chapman All right, Ryan, I know, aside from liking hockey, you are also a baseball fan, more specifically an L.A. Dodgers fan. However, Mm -hmm. something cool happened today in Major League Baseball. Christian Yelich, who plays for the Milwaukee Brewers, he tied a Major League Baseball record for hitting for the cycle for the third time in his career. Stan Musial also has three, as does a couple of other players, Adrian Beltre, former Dodger Adrian Beltre, and uh, Trey Turner. Mm -hmm. What makes it pretty interesting is the fact that all three of Christian Yelich's cycles have come against the same team the Cincinnati Reds so (laughs) there's just something about Reds pitching I guess that Christian Yelich likes but yeah that's that's really cool to see I mean it was always one of those things when you went to a game when you were a kid you always wanted to see a guy hit for the cycle it was just one of those things like it's really cool right if a guy's not going to hit like three home runs in a game hit for a cycle because that's really cool but uh, not a lot to cheer for this season for the Cincinnati Reds. They did win the game, but uh, Christian Yelich third career cycle and all three against the same team pretty pretty wild.
1: So the like oftentimes when I when I start to think about sports in general, like I wonder what could I do in the NHL or what could I do uh, in professional soccer, what could I do in baseball. Quite literally, nothing. I would never be able to steal a hit off of a major league baseball pitcher. There's no chance that I'd ever be able to do it. What do you say, Chapman? Would you ever be able to hit, uh, to to get a hit off of a, a major league baseball pitcher?
0: No, probably not. I mean, I was a pretty decent baseball player, but not that good. Like, yeah. If you've ever seen the videos of how fast the ball gets from like a professional baseball pitcher to to the home plate, yeah, forget it. There's zero chance. I could close my eyes and swing all day. I'm not hitting it.
1: Yeah, me neither.
0: Fortunately, we don't have to. But we'll be back tomorrow right here on Fox Sports Las Vegas.